Welcome to the Casually Normies podcast, a chit chat where we dive into the real life stories of young adults in the middle of their adulting journey. I'm your host, Karim Azidani, head of the content at Casually Normies. You won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday normal people just like you share personal stories about their growth, how it has impacted them, and the things they've learned along the way. Grab yourself a drink and let our talk settle in. Tired of couching and binge eating your leftovers? Feeling frustrated because of your low income generating job? Or even worse, you've been laid off. Your adult life is just a mess and your ego is swinging like a voodoo doll. You don't know where you're heading. Don't worry, we're all in this together. Your emotional first aid may just be on the way. Joining me virtually, Mariela Tseri, a former banker and now founder of a furniture business that is actually growing strong. We should lights on the emotional ups and downs of a career transitioning. Hi, Mariella. Thanks for joining the new episode of Casually Normies. So take us back to the days of your previous job. Why did you decide to leave? Hello, Casually Normies. Thank you very much for this invitation. I'm very happy to be here and to share my experience, my thoughts and my ideas um, about, you know, taking a different course in your career because that's exactly what I did and I've never really looked back. I've been uh, very happy that although I made a choice that was a difficult choice at the time, looking back at my life and how it evolved and how it grew from making this really massive decision of leaving my nine to five job but also my career to start a new one was a very good move. So when I was 18, I started working at the bank. I also started studying finance and for five years I was working and studying until I got my finance degree. And in total I was working at the bank for eight years. That was the start of my career, start in finance, which I'm still very, very grateful for because it's helped me every in every aspect of my life after that, even with my new career. But back to your question, why did I decide to leave? Basically, notwithstanding that I had spent years studying to, um, you know, to be properly qualified in this career line that I chose um, because my father was also in banking, it was not a personal choice, but it was a family choice, so to speak. And I realized quite early in the day that I just hated going to the same office day in, day out. Even though the jobs I was doing were quite interesting, they were directly related to what I was studying, but I felt hemmed in. I'm more of an outdoorsy person. I like to meet a lot of people and there were certain aspects of my job which meant that I could be working in an office all day and not see anyone. Um, And just seeing the sky was enough to make me want to leave. So at some point in time, um, I also realize now about myself, I'm a person who loves change. Change doesn't worry me too much because I set myself challenges. And when I get to the point of needing a new challenge, I usually try out um, a new career line. So 
uh, I do appreciate that not everyone is comfortable with change, but I am comfortable with change. I don't mind moving house. I don't mind moving country because I'm always excited at what's on the other end. And you do need to build this excitement. So the major reason why I decided to leave was that I didn't like my day being structured by someone else. And I also didn't like being in an office totally hemmed in. So I was looking for my new space. So I want to know, um, how did you get your idea or concept for your business? It's amazing what happens to us in life. But in life, we do get a lot of opportunities to fulfill our personal legends. The point is whether you act on them or whether you let them go. So how I got my idea or concept for my business was quite interesting. I speak um, several languages and I speak Italian quite fluently. And one time some friends were going to Hong Kong or from Europe. I'm from uh, Malta. Um, so we are in close proximity to Italy and these friends uh, asked me to go with them to Hong Kong, Singapore and Taiwan. That was my first big trip. I was 24 and um, they asked me to go along with them because they didn't speak any English and um, I would act as a translator. So they actually paid for my trip. What was interesting, when we arrived there, of course, I was exposed for the first time in my life to a completely different culture, different ideas, different styles that I had never even imagined existed. And um, basically, I saw this beautiful furniture, which was hand-painted Chinese furniture, which I had never seen in my life. And I... Uh, I was so excited that I bought um, two small pieces of furniture so that eventually I could ship them back home. And um, you know, that was really the beginning of how I changed my career. When I got back home, um, I realized that I made a real big faux pas because we were not allowed to import furniture at the time. This is quite a long time ago and there was protection for local artisans. But long story short, I managed to get, you know, these two pieces of furniture at home and it was close to Christmas. And I remember everyone who came to my house for drinks was like totally astounded because there was nothing ever like this kind of furniture available in my country. So I figured if everyone likes this so much and I know I cannot um, import this furniture, why don't I do it myself? So I went to the local um, to a local manufacturer, asked him to do, you know, the black carcass. And then myself and my sister, we always painted. And this is simple painting. Started painting this furniture, basically copying the original pieces, which I had gotten from China. And uh, well, that was the beginning. I had some bumps and hiccups for the simple reason that we, when we varnished, some of the paint melted and then we had to redo the job. But in, a, in some time, in a while after, I had, you know, replicated um, five and five pieces of the original pieces, which I sold for a real nice profit. And people couldn't have enough of them. So 
in a question of a year, I had a workshop with 10 artists because painting takes time. I had um, four or five workshops where the furniture was being done. And I opened my first shop called Orienta, which became a large chain of shops later on over a period of, of now 35 years. I don't paint furniture anymore because since then the bans on and the restrictions have been lifted on importing furniture. But I, I, I did take um, a course in interior design and set up, you know, uh, a brand that became quite famous on my island. And that is how I used the break, but turned it into an opportunity. We often have um, these different aspirations and passions, but decide to take that job because we want a backup plan, we want that security that comes with a salary, but in fact, we are no longer our priority and our time is not actually ours and we eventually become miserable. How can we break this vicious cycle and accept that we need to shift to another path of career? Well, in the first place, you need to understand that you're not really going anywhere with this job that you're in. I actually had a career, but I had a lot more excitement about trying out another career, a different career, a career that was giving me the possibility of better growth. But what I can say is you have to think that Let's say you're at the end of your life and you look back over your shoulder, you look back on your life and you think, I should not have done that job. That job was not rewarding. It was only an end to a mean. It was just for the money and the money was not even that special. And I didn't like the people I was working with and I didn't like my bosses and the, my work was not appreciated, but I didn't make the choice. Or would you like to look over your shoulder and say, I took the risk, it might have been painful, but I was so much more fulfilled. Look at what my life was like. Do you want to get a second chance now, which is what you probably have? Or do you want to end up at the end of your life and think, oh goodness, when you're on your rocking chair, it's over. I don't have the possibility of another chance. And the other chance is not going to just come up. The other chance you have to create. You have to look out for it. It's not something that's just going to fall on your lap. You can't be passive about making change in your life. If that's what you aspire for, then that's what you must do. There is one very important thing I would say. Do not think about the stuff that you don't want in your life, but instead Stop and think, what are the things that you actually want? Do you know what you want? Do you have clarity of what you would like? If you don't have clarity, you need to find it. And that is what will make the mental shift. We know that with losing a stable resource of income comes the struggle. How can we predict or minimize these potential struggles in our transition to this new career? Well, every choice you make in life is a trade-off, really, against something else. It's not just about the money that you will give up from your present job, but also how you're going to choose to spend your time, your energy, your attention, 
any limited resource that you have in your life is really a trade-off. So what do you want to do? How do you want to direct your resources? What is the most important thing for you? And how are you going to align your time and resources in your daily life? In a practical level, what I did when I left my job was that I kept a side hustle. So um, I used to also teach law related to banking, to the banking school that I had graduated from. And that paid enough um, on the side for me to cover my mortgage. So at least I started off with one stepping stone that came from a safe place. If you have your mind at rest or if you've already generated a passive income, that is already going to be the best um, way for you to tackle your uncertainties because you know that your side hustle, unless you're going to grow your side hustle into your main new career, it's already there. It's already going to give you something. So I would say, you know, have a backup plan at least to cover your um, commitments that you cannot do without. If there are other things you could do, you could minimize your expenses. For example, if you're living in a city, um, you could actually move out and, and commute, but have a much lower rent. So you can plan and planning is very important in order to allow yourself the freedom of the first few months that might not generate the income that you had uh, been aspiring for or that you have when you're leaving your current job. So it's quite important, you know, because anxiety from lack of income is possibly the best demotivator in your life. So, you know, you're going to trade off um, money, you're going to trade off um, time that is presently committed, but you are going to be gaining time. And this is now going to be what you are going to gain in order to uh, accelerate your new career. So it's quite important. And this is how I would minimize my potential struggles into, into the transition. The other thing I would definitely do is um, I would definitely give, get self-education on whatever it is I want to move into next. So my new career, whatever it is, make yourself professional in it by self-education. There's a lot of possibilities, but there is one thing places get good advice. The most expensive advice you can get is bad advice. You can't get advice about a relationship from a girlfriend who's gone through several relationships, from someone who's come out of a bad relationship. You can't get advice on how to change your career from someone who is out of a job. So if you're making um, a career change, make sure you get the right advice because bad advice is the most expensive advice you can get and prepare yourself for possibilities. Once you start open, remember you're the keeper of your mind and you are the doorkeeper of your mind and you can open the door to a lot of knowledge which will poise you, which will position you in a much better place to be able to deal with anything that will come up in your new career. There's also that problem when we are vulnerable because we didn't set a vision yet of what we want to do after. We fixed our identity and defined ourselves in a job and now we don't know how to do things 
in other ways. How do we get a clearer self-image? Well, for me, this is an easy question because I resolve everything with enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is the key that you need to have when you really have no clarity. You need to have the stepping, the, the first step is that you need to have enthusiasm. If you're, feel, if you're feeling vulnerable, it's very likely that you will not have enthusiasm. So again, in this case, I would say engage in podcasts like this where people can motivate you to look better and have more clarity about your vision. But on a practical level, how do you find your clarity and vision? How do you look for a new career? I would say look at the daily things you do. What is it that you enjoy doing most? For example, do you enjoy going out for a jog? Do you enjoy going to a gym? Well, possibly that is your answer for your new career. Look for something that you really enjoy doing. Your career and yourself are a lifelong relationship and they are like as big and huge as a marriage. So making the choice of the right partner and making the right choice for your career are very much one and the same thing. I would say, you know, look at the stuff that, that uh, motivates you. If you enjoy cooking, if you enjoy, um, I don't know, whatever it is that gives you most pleasure, it's probably holding the answer of what you should be looking at doing for a next career, something related to that, something that will motivate you, something that will not feel like it's work because you're having so much fun doing it. And that is where you get your clarity from. I totally agree. Uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Once people start attending workshops, talking to as many people as would listen, following every lead and embracing fear, they move from a place to, of pain to one of power, energy and excitement. So after this liberating self-realization, what are the steps that we can take to build a successful career? So there are very important things and we could talk about this forever, but I'm sure that the time will not allow it but you need to set goals. That is irrevocably the most important thing. You set goals on three levels. You set your short-term goals, your medium-term goals, and your ultimate goals. So when you're starting off on a new career, especially if you're going to be a solopreneur, or uh, even if you're going to be working in, in, uh, in another enterprise with other people, you need to set in your mind your self-worth and where you want to arrive. If, you, if you're moving careers, you're changing careers, and your ultimate goal is to be running this as CEO, then you have to already set your long-term vision to become the CEO of this company. If you're a solopreneur and you're starting off on your own and you're starting a mastermind, for example, or you're going to be doing um, coaching, you have to set your ultimate goal. You are going to go out there, you're going to crush it, but you need your medium term and your short term goals. Your medium term goals are realizable, more realizable than your long term goals. And for example, in this case, you're going to be looking at how you're going to uh, enrich your mind by, by studying about the subject, by becoming professional. 
you know, you do not become immediately a professional coach. You do not become immediately the CEO of the company. You have to start doing this step by step. And by doing this step by step, you have to, it's like when you're going to a, a gym, you don't go to a gym once a week and work out for six, seven hours and that's enough for the rest of the week. But you go for an hour a day. And your education has to follow the same pattern. You have to take in, absorb a little a day of whatever subject um, you, you have chosen. But definitely training, education is the key element. Your short-term goals have to be your immediate structure, how you're going to get your clients, how you're going to develop your, um, your course or how you're going to um, develop your career if you're going to be employed. But you need to set goals, your short term, your middle term. And the ultimate goal is that which shines so bright that you will work every step of the way to arrive at your ultimate goals and never let your goals out of your focus. That is the best advice I feel I can give. Shifting to another career can come with a load of feelings of guilt and shame from the past. How can we keep that growing mindset using past mistakes and previous experiences as opportunities to improve and enjoy the process of learning? Um, your previous experience is really your foundation. Because even if you were in a career or, a, or in a job that wasn't fulfilling, as mine wasn't, the structure it gave me and the discipline it gave me were um, mindset that helped me uh, and stayed with me all my life. I studied finance and as a structure of finance, everything was related to it. To it even when I was starting my, my uh, new career. So I did take... Uh, you know, a lot of good out of my previous job in terms of, you know, the structure and the discipline for my new career. So whatever has happened in the past, it can't be all bad. I'm sure that there would be aspects of your career and you need to actually sit back and think about them. What did I take from this that I, I, I've learned? It's impossible that you, you, you could have learned how to... Um, uh, work with other people. Uh, you could have learned relationships. You could have learned leadership qualities. And all these are what happened to you in your experience, in your past, that are going to keep helping you in the future. So take your foundations, understand what they are, and use them to your advantage. As far as remaining enthusiastic, I think that will follow fairly easily. For the simple reason that if you are going to be doing something that you enjoy much better, you're going to find creative ways in which to grow your business. You just have to want it badly enough. And that is really the key um, of importance. Naturally, like I said earlier, having a process of self-education will automatically give you more and more ideas. The way we attract ideas and enthusiasm into our lives is by, um, you know, opening the doors to education. And one door, we attract um, ideas. One will keep leading to another because when you, when you watch what other people are doing, you get ideas. There is nothing wrong even to borrow ideas. 
because you will give them your own flavor. You will give them your own style because you are an individual. And when you're an individual and you're good at what you're doing because you enjoy what you're doing, then you're going to give it your own flavor. There is no such thing as creating something from scratch or creating something which is totally original. We all borrow on each other's ideas. We just give them our own flavor. That's it for this episode from Casually Normies. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Casually Normies and if you wish to be featured on future episodes of the podcast, just click on the link in the show notes to submit your application.